1: Righto, let's find out from uh, the doyen of uh, the Bulletin. I think it's fair to say Andrew Gordy's been with us since day one, Uh, Gord, and uh, you've uh, had many a Steve Hansen comment over that time. Um, But here's another one, just uh, read it's uh, whatever head you like to say, um, with his association with uh, the Australians, and Eddie Jones is just trying to appease the situation by saying, just a drink among mates, really, and a chat about rugby.
0: And of course they're going to play it down, aren't they? They're going to play down uh, his... His importance, his inputs, everything about it, and that's fine from Eddie Jones' point of view, and it's and it's fine from Steve Hansen's point of view. But don't expect us all to here in New Zealand to swallow that. I mean, this is, in in my opinion, this is straight up unpatriotic. Um, You know, I understand that this is a professional business, and even though Steve Hansen says he's not being paid for any of this, this just that just doesn't really make a difference to me. And in fact, in a weird sort of way, I I kind of would rather he was being paid for it, because then it might make some sense. But this doesn't make any sense at all. He is helping out a rival, and I look, despite Australia's recent record in international rugby, and particularly against the All Blacks, he is helping out our oldest and fiercest rival ahead of a Rugby World Cup. This isn't after a Rugby World Cup. This isn't after it's all said and done. Steve Hansen knows better than anyone else that this is the most important time, this is the most you know, the highest pressure point just about in, in any World Cup cycle. And the fact that one of our most respected and, and experienced coaches and successful coaches is going to lend his expertise to a rival is, to me, just completely unacceptable. And I can't understand how, in his mind, he would see this as okay because he doesn't. Because he expressed that very view when he was the coach of the All Blacks, when Graham Henry did something similar. But I think context is really important in that example as well. It, it, Graham Henry was doing nothing like uh, what Steve Hansen is doing right now, and whether he's whether he's assured other people, including Ian Foster, that he's not going to be giving away any trade secrets—that—that's uh, of the All Blacks I'm, I'm referring to. There, it really doesn't make any difference to me. He is assisting our oldest and fiercest rival trying to make them better ahead of a rugby world cup and what what happens now if if the all blacks are to meet australia in the latter stages of this world cup and heaven forbid they they come up with a performance which it happens it happens doesn't it when it comes to the latter stages of the tournament and the knockout format anyone can win on the day you know shocks happen we've seen it before it can happen again and if Australia was to knock the All Blacks out of a Rugby World Cup, having had the influence of Steve Hansen prior to the tournament, I think that's a move that he would ultimately regret.
1: Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one for me as well. And uh, you and I both know Steve Hanson very well, and uh, he doesn't do things with uh, without due uh, thought about it. So he knows exactly um, w- what was uh, going to happen here and what the ramifications were going to be when the people found out about it. So uh, no great surprise there. Uh, Gordes, uh, how about... Uh, uh, Owen Farrell now getting four matches. I believe the chairman of the panel this time might have been a New Zealander.
0: <laughs> yeah, what a surprise that is. Um, look, for, to, to start with, the four-match ban, I'm very, very happy with that. I think it absolutely fits uh, fits the crime, especially when you consider Owen Farrell's history, and his form in this area—he's got a horrendous tackle technique. Um, it's, it's very well documented. I mean, anyone, I'm, I'm sure, listening to the show would know that. And if you don't, well, uh, I think a quick search on, on, on Twitter or YouTube will help you out there. Um, Owen Farrell needed to receive this sort of punishment, but it really does, Smithy, only serve to highlight what an absolute farce um, has occurred over over recent weeks uh, since he. Since he put this head on um, the fact that he got a yellow card it was upgraded to red. then he got off the red card He's, that's been appealed by world rugby it's gone back to an independent panel and they've decided to ban him for four, four good matches what a circus and 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 that that's a bad look for rugby isn't it it's a bad look for rugby when when that sort of nonsense can take place with one of the most high-profile players in the game at a pivotal point in the rugby calendar, we are—we are, you know, like I say, on the eve of a rugby World Cup, and and now obviously this has a major impact on, particularly the start of England's rugby World Cup campaign. But I think we could have cut out the nonsense where that red card was overturned for, for starters, and I think that perhaps the people who were assembled to to form that panel, um, perhaps you know that that might want to be reconsidered uh, in the future whether they take part in such a process because. As I say, it's just a dreadful look. Um, and I think rugby can do without those sorts of inconsistencies. And, and I think you do really need to look at it through the eyes of the fan here as well. Like, I think whether you're English, a Kiwi, Australian, whatever, I think anyone could see that, especially with, with what, the moves that are going on in the game at the moment to try and eliminate, you know, shoulder-to-head contact. Um, mm. that, that act absolutely, whether it was intended or not, it, it needed a ban. And especially when you add on Owen Farrell's history uh, with that sort of tackle technique, um, he had to go for a skate. And, and I'm pleased to see that the the correct
1: outcome has been reached. And the other thing is now, um, you know, even if uh, you weren't aware of it before about his record, uh, everyone in the world of rugby now knows his record. And every time he goes into a defensive uh, position of contact, the eyes of the world literally will be upon him, Gord. So he's going to be playing sev- under some severe pressure defensively. He is.
0: And, and you, can you imagine this from Steve Borthwick's point of view? I mean, he must, he must have had an absolute guts full of this, surely. I mean, Owen Farrell is, an, is a key player for him in many respects from a leadership point of view, but also he's playing, you know, arguably the most important position on the field for England. Um, and Steve Borthwick is probably going into every match wondering whether Owen Farrell's going to, you know, do what he has consistently done throughout his career and put himself in a position, in a, in a dreadful position when, it, when entering a tackle um, and wondering whether he's not only going to lose um, his skipper for a couple of games at the start of the Rugby World Cup, but potentially at a pivotal point later in the tournament as well. And, you know, that's got to play on the mind of any leading coach throughout the world, doesn't it? Am I going to as much as I obviously want this player to be in my team, I know how influential they are. What a risk that is to carry into any game. And, and, you know, you probably are getting to the point, potentially, with someone like Owen Farrell, where you're looking around the other players in your squad and saying, does the risk that's associated with Owen Farrell playing in any match, and that's that's in the match that you're playing and subsequent matches that might follow if he he cops a suspension, um, and wondering whether other players uh, might offer you it's not quite the same same skill set and, and same experience, but, but carry less risk, I suppose. And that's probably something that Steve Borthwick got got to carry into this World Cup tournament.
1: The Black Caps are uh, on tour in England very shortly. Uh, T20 series of four, one-day international series of four, uh, and a World Cup following that. And uh, this morning we uh, hear announcement of two English uh, Englishmen who have had pretty good careers. Ian Bell, in particular, had a terrific. Uh, Career as a batsman for England. James Foster was a more than adequate uh, keeper batsman as well, uh, out of Essex in England. And uh, now they're going to join the ranks. Good. How do you feel about these short-term coaches?
0: Uh, I don't. I don't mind it, Smithy. I'm not. I'm not terribly bothered by it. And I suppose it does kind of follow on from um, in a weird sort of way from what we've just been talking about with Steve Hansen. Now, would would people view uh, Ian Bell and James Foster helping out the Black Caps, um, you know, for for a tour like this? um would they view it as unpatriotic i'm not sure that you necessarily view it in the same way um look from the black cat's point of view i think it makes sense from a couple of points of view right coaches coaches i think even more so than players um the, the international touring schedule has has arguably a bigger impact on coaches because they 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 go on pretty much every tour don't they they never miss anything through through injury or anything like that so I think there does need to be, and this is something that's been spoken I'm not bringing up anything new here, this has been something that's been spoken about for the best part of a, a decade or more, but um, I think they do need to find a way to rotate coaches. The one thing I'd probably be concerned about, Smithy, is whether the messaging that therefore goes to the players um, becomes very inconsistent from tour to tour. And I just do wonder how, how a player that might go, for example, on this tour, the messaging they receive from one from one coach, how that might differ going into the next. And that won't matter for a player of, of, you know, Williamson's experience, for example, but for a player who might be coming into the squad for the very first time and are trying to establish them, establish themselves as an international player, how that might affect them if it doesn't go to plan for them uh, and they perhaps miss selection on the next squad or, or they have a middling sort of performance on this tour and then they go on the next one and the, the old coach is back and whether some of the technique and everything that's being taught um, or, or instructed um, is varying from coach to coach. So that's probably the main thing that I have a concern about, the impact on the players. But from a coaching point of view specifically, um, I think this makes sense and it's just really a modern solution to a modern cricketing problem.
1: Yes or no, Gord's Matilda should have a statue outside Suncorp Stadium for their efforts in the World Cup. Four.
0: Oh. Gee, that's a good question. Um, I think the Matildas' performance at the World Cup deserves, certainly, deserves some kind of recognition. Now, whether that's a statue outside Suncorp Stadium, I'm not entirely sure. But, look, I can't sit here and tell you what the other statues are that exist outside Suncorp Stadium. But, look, I do like the idea of it being suggested and debated, and the fact that it is, I think, says an awful lot about the impact that may and on women's sport in Australia. And the fact that I don't know what the statue would be necessarily, whether it's Sam Kerr or another player or whatever, but I reckon that would be pretty cool to see um, a player of her, her standing in the game immortalised in bronze or whatever you might might choose to, um, outside a sporting stadium in Australia, I think that would demonstrate just how far women's sport has come in, in, in that country in particular. Um, but in this part of the world, I think, off the back of what was uh, a very, very successful FIFA Women's World Cup.
1: Andrew Gordy, thank you very much. Sir. Thank you very much for your uh, involvement in the panel, I uh, oh, in the panel, in the bulletin this morning. And already we're getting masses of feedback on your comments, as we always do, Gord. So you have a terrific day. Thank you. Thank you. Too. Bye. It is uh, yeah. It is uh, coming up 10:54 here on SCNZ.